Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fine edition of the JRPG Report. My name is Dalton Suter. This is episode 255, and joining me now, as always, my good buddy. Hey, it's Team Retro, Mikhailov. How's it going? It is going well, my good sir. How are you doing this week, man? Oh, I am in birthday party toddler hell. Is that so? <laughs> so, yeah, I've uh, my son's birthday was yesterday and my nephew has the exact same birthday. And then my other nephew is three days earlier. Oh, so triple whammy. I am full up on different types of chicken marsala and parm. Uh, dino nuggets, mac and cheese. And yeah, try eating that and then finding out your toddler is about to run into the street. <laughs> and then you got to run after him. You're like, oh, Lord. You're like, oh, no, there, there it's bouncing. <laughs> Dude, I love chicken parm and chicken marsala, bro. I, I mean, it. I adore them, which is when they come up on FaceTime, you're just like, get three. Yeah. <laughs> and then regret it later. I know how that goes. And then regret it later. Yeah, because they like intermix on the same plate. So you have like chicken mar parmesan. It's an amalgamation of chicken. It's an amalgamation Italian. of just food. Mm. And it's the same food at every party. <laughs> I mean, down here, it's like you go to a birthday party, you're going to get like more often than not like hamburgers and hot dogs. So, so that's what I'm doing. Because it's the cheapest option out there. Yeah. And then we're going to like local grocery stores, a pizza shop. We're just bringing in a couple party pizzas and pizza, hot dogs, hamburgers, call it a day. Yeah, man. It's it's easy. It's it's a, always a good fallback because like someone's going to eat yeah. one of those things. Right. Exactly. You know, and if not, have a salad. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> Nobody eats salads. <laughs> oh, man. Well... <laughs> This has been a somewhat short news week. Uh, we do have some news for you, ladies and gents. And before we uh, get into that, how are you doing, Dalton? Oh, yeah, right. I'm okay. Um, it's been a long week uh, between uh, work and some things going on, you know, in behind the scenes and stuff with my, uh, you know, my grandpa getting better uh, yeah. slowly but surely. Uh, right now, my dad is uh, uber sick for some reason, so like, he's dealing with that. Um, it's just been a lot going on. It's been a lot going on. So uh, I do want to apologize for the episode being a couple days late. Um, I am going to make it up to you guys because it's kind of a short week this week, too, with the, the news stories. Uh, I am going to do a Sunday special as well. So you're going to get a double feature in your news feeds. But if you're hearing this, you know that because you've seen both of them there. But yeah, uh, I would like to, you know, just my bad. It's been a long week. <laughs> I'm. I'm doing my part as well. Uh, I've got a little opinion piece uh, at the end of our news thing that's just going to be a nice little talking point between the two of us. And you lovely viewers might want to chime in on your side of the story and whatever social media of choice that you may have. Yeah, absolutely. Or join the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash report. And that'll get you access to the Discord. And you can come in and hang out with us too. And that's just a dollar a month. You can give us a dollar a month. Come in there and chat way it would be good to see some more faces in there and you know hear some more sides of gaming and stuff because 
It's just a handful of us right now. And I do have a good time with it, though. Like, I, I almost want to maybe open up a section of it to people who are just don't want to be patrons. You know what I'm saying? And they just they just like the show and they can come in there and chat about it too, but like have a separate section for the Patreon people. To, yada, yada. I don't know. That's stuff we can figure out behind the scenes. But I, Yeah, we'll we'll talk. I will say that this particular soundtrack that I'm gonna do a Sunday special with, um, there is a video I'm looking at right now that is this soundtrack and it says music teacher reaction video. And it is six hours and forty one minutes long. So that tells me that he listened to the entire OST. And that is interesting. I might have to check that out. Not that I would watch it all in one sitting, but it's a good soundtrack. Um, all right. So this first news story that we got coming up here, NetEase Games announces urban open world RPG Project Mugen. Now, now Mugen? Mugen? I think it's Mugen, but I could be wrong. I don't know. This is kind of... I'm going to go with Mugen. This is like the the GIF GIF thing. I think it's GIF, but it's I think it's context. But this is I think it's Mugen. Uh, NetEase Games and Naked Rain have announced Project Mugen, an urban open world RPG set to release for the PlayStation Five, mobile devices, PC, and the cloud. That just sounds interesting to me. That this game's coming out for the cloud, so it's just, it's just going to be everywhere. What, so what does the cloud entail? Does that just mean it's going to be playable on? Game Pass, NVIDIA, or are they legit going to redirect you to a website where you can just boot up the game? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's interesting. I, I'm assuming I'm assuming it probably means like the streaming services and stuff. But like, what if they just upload it and it's like anything that you have access to the internet, you can just like, like Doom, you can play this game. <laughs> That'd be insane. <laughs> like, or they just give you, it says PC, iOS, Android. I mean, it'd be crazy if the iOS and Android apps was literally just a way to access the content online. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess that, you know, that would give you the ultimate kind of cross save. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my preferred way to play Genshin Impact is I won't actually download the app. I'll just go on NVIDIA game streaming because it's free for an hour. And I don't play that game for more than an hour anyways. Okay. And I don't have to wait for patches to download or anything like that. It just loads me in. I have controller support and I could just go. I don't have to take up space on my hard drive. It's just, it's there. Well, that's cool. I didn't realize that uh, that was a thing. I didn't either until I uh, covered a, a handheld system that was supposed to be cloud only, the Logitech G Cloud. And, uh, and, with Android, Genshin doesn't have controller support, so I'm like, well, I don't want to play it that way. I have a device with a controller. I don't want to play on a touchscreen. And so I found out that you have an, you make an NVIDIA account, you can just play the game. I mean, you're limited to whatever if you don't want to pay NVIDIA, but at least you can access it. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'll have to look into that because I have an NVIDIA card. So like I'm not not that that's going to give me a discount or anything, but I mean that's just cool because I, I like Nvidia. They're cool. Yeah, They're I have an Nvidia card too. I don't even think you need an Nvidia card to sign up for the service. I think it's just it's just a cloud gaming service. It you link your Steam account to it and it accesses your Steam library and it says, well, these are the games that are supported. Trails is supported. Hmm. So you could technically like go on your phone, open up an app, and play some Trails. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, 
But yeah, so a full reveal of uh, Project Mugen is set to come on August 24th. There is a teaser website. Um, if you would like to check that out as well, uh, you can check out this link. I will retweet it over on our X. So I guess I'll re-share it. Uh, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter, and I'm going to keep saying retweeting. I don't care what Elon Musk said. <laughs> In the meantime, they did post some teaser art and some GIFs, and I, I got to say, this game looks flashy. Um, if I had to compare it to something art style wise, and you can you can call me if I'm wrong on this, it, to me it looks like a less bleak Astral Chain. I was gonna say it's like cyberpunk meets sword art. Yeah, I could I could totally see that too. Uh, it does kind of give me a vibe of some of the sword art games animation, so I can totally get that. I, I I'm really impressed by the reflection graphics on the water on the ground for the rain and stuff that they have so definitely i would i would say people go check this out for sure project mugen keep your eyes out for this it looks real good uh i really hope this has a u.s release date right like obviously <laughs> not now but at some like, point i want this to come stateside because this game looks gorgeous yeah absolutely or i need to learn how to yeah, read japanese one of the two I, I would love to do that, but I'm too old now, I think. <laughs> All right. Would you like to uh, do the next one, my good sir? Sure. Uh, from Gamatsu, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth special trial version is actually included with Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. So a special trial version of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth will be included with like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, publisher Sega and developer Ryuga Gotoko Studio announced. As you may have been surprised to see, this is a quote. We're including a special trial version of next year's Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth as bonus content with purchase of Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, said Ryuga Gotoko Studio director Masoshi Yokoyama, I apologize if I'm butchering names, and a developer update. As the name implies, special content like scenes not included in the main game will be unlocked after completing The Man Who Erased His Name. Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name is due out for PS5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam and Microsoft Store on November 9th. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is due out for the same platforms early 2024. I, so Yakuza was always one of those series that I looked at from afar and I was like, man, it looks like it's really fun, but I needed a reason to check it out. Right. And, and then you got that reason. And then we did it for the steam machine. I picked it for the steam yeah. machine and we played Yakuza zero and that quickly became one of mine, Willie and Nate's favorite games of all time <laughs> it was so good and now we're just super enveloped in this so i am super stoked that more yakuza slash like a dragon stuff is coming out um and to piggyback off of what you just read there is another quick bit that uh ryugai gotoku studio have released a seven minute overview trailer for like a dragon gaiden the man who released re take two like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. There we go. Um, and it also goes on to say that the, you know it, it includes a special trial version, the same thing that the other article said. Um, but 
I implore people, if you have any sneaking interest in this game, go watch this seven-minute trailer. <laughs> it encompasses Yakuza, where it's like the whole front end of the trailer is serious, what's going on in the game, the very the dramatic stuff. Then it cuts into like, these are your fighting styles. And then it cuts to, and the rest of this trailer is going to be, here's all the other crazy things that you can do because this is a Yakuza game. So in Yakuza 0, you could run a cabaret club, right? And you like picked your girls and had them uh, work. And it's not, it's not anything dirty or anything. It's like they're just, it's kind of like uh, you go in and you pay to have drinks and dinner with a girl who finds you interesting for a while and then you leave. Like, that's, that's the whole thing with cabaret clubs over there. This new game in the trailer, <laughs> they're live-action cutscenes. So, like, you are looking at a real girl talking to you and stuff during these. And I'm like, that is going to oh, be man. so strange to me that it goes from... It's like, it's like a slightly cleaner Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I You know, it's a little more tongue-in-cheek. Well, I don't know. Grand Theft Auto is pretty tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, it's like the Japanese side of that. And it's just... It's hilarious, man. And there are other things like... So one of the things that Yakuza does that I always think is cool is you can go into Sega arcades, which I, I, I don't think are a thing anymore. I think they're closing down the Sega arcades last I knew. Um, are they still open? I thought they would have been gone years ago. I don't know. Well, in the, at least in Yakuza, they're still open. Because right. you go in there and like... Ah, I think it was... Yakuza, or yeah, the Yakuza Like a Dragon, when they did the turn-based RPG one. You go into the Sega uh, arcade, and you can just play Virtua Fighter Five. Like, you can just walk up to a machine and and hit play, and it loads in, and it's emulating Virtua Fighter Five, and you can just sit and play through the entire arcade of Virtua Fighter Five. Do you have to put a quarter in? Uh, I think you have to put in, you know, in-game money. Right. Like the yen or whatever, yeah. But like you, and then it's, and then you can sit there and play. It's awesome. And this new one in the trailer looks like I saw Fantasy Zone was one of the games you could play. Oh, you got to be kidding me! Um, and there was like a bunch of other ones that was like there was a way more than I'm used to seeing in these games. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's so that's cool. ridiculous. I know one of them that we played. I think it was maybe Kiwami had Outrun as one of the games that you just went in and you could just play Outrun. What great. did Zero have? Oh, Zero had, maybe it was Zero that had Outrun, or was it Super Hang On? Oh, it was like that, and then maybe it was a Virtual Fighter 1? Oh, but I it wasn't right a huge hand. library, it was only like one or two games you can play. Oh, and Zero, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, because Zero takes place in the 80s, so it would have been yeah. old school games. Right. So... Oh man, I don't remember what was in it, but dude, I'm just saying, like, it, it's it's great. It's a great time. But that's a cool feature. Yeah. Because you legitimately can have a, I wouldn't say second life because you're playing as these characters, but you can literally just go and do what you want. Walk around, yeah. go get something to eat, go play a video game, go have dinner with some girl. Yeah, go to the batting cage. You know, it, go, that was another part. Yeah. Go fight in an underground tournament. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do in Yakuza that's just what makes that series. It you know it makes it so good. It's like that. It's it's got such serious like tearjerker esque drama and just really good action tenseness. And then you can go cool off and 
go do all these other things to kind of like be like, man, what I was went through, that was really dramatic. I need to like chill. I'm going to go, <laughs> go play some outrun. Yeah. I'm going to go to the arcade and play some fantasy zone. Yeah. And just go chill for a little bit. And I'm going to go have a burger. And then my character will be like, okay, now I'm ready to go do whatever. So imagine if they allowed all that in persona five without the time gating. Oh, dude. You give me a slice of life RPG like that with no time gate. Yeah. 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 I would just it's on. lose myself in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, that would be great. Persona six. If you're, if, if anybody from Atlas is listening or cares, <laughs> give it, give us, get rid stuff. of the time gating. Yeah. We, 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 you know, you can, I know we got to get it done in a year or whatever that make the days longer or something. I don't know. But yeah, dude, I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to these new, like a dragon games, dude. It's just it's such a fun series. And I know they're not technically. I think they're like action, beat 'em up. Because I mean, I, you do technically level up though, so they do have an RPG element to them. And the one Yakuza was straight up a turn-based RPG. So <coughs> I've heard that like a dragon eight, <coughs> which I think is going to be the uh, infinite wealth. Yeah, I think that's going to be a turn-based game because Ichiban, I believe, is the one of the main characters, but it's a dual main character story, dual protagonist between him and Kiryu. Okay. So we'll we'll find out. And if you're interested in getting into the series, you can find the old Yakuza games fairly cheap. There's deals on them all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I will say, Yakuza Zero came out after Yakuza Six. Or after Yakuza 5 or 6 or somewhere around in there, right? So, But it takes place. It's a prequel. So we started with the prequel and then started with Kiwami. Um, so there's going to be a slight drop in quality when we hit 3 unless... No, they. I'm sorry. They released those remastered as well. Never mind. Yeah. They remastered, I think, all of them, right? Yeah, just Except for like the later ones, which didn't need it. Yeah, they just didn't do the Kiwami part like they did Kiwami 1 and 2 and then I think they just did like an HD remaster for 3, 4 and 5 and then 6 didn't need it because it was because it was new but uh, or new at the time oh man I'm dying that's a lot of that's a lot of open world urban gaming right there yeah and they all take place in like the same little area too it's it's great because you kind of are like oh man I know where everything's at this is tremendous (laughs) It was kind of how I felt uh, going to uh, Trails in the Sky second chapter. And it was like, oh, yeah, you have to go back to all these places that you went in the first chapter. It's like, oh, okay, I know my way around. Let's do this. So they reused a lot of assets then. Uh, I would say uh, land-wise, yeah. But monster-wise, yeah. (laughs) So So it's all about story. I feel like first chapter and second chapter were originally one game. And then they were like, Ah, this is like a hundred hours long. And back then they're probably like, we can't, people aren't going to play a game that long. Now people are, would pine for a game that long. Right. You know, it's like Agarest, uh, Generations of War, I think, on howlongtobeat.com. Let me look it up real quick. Just because yeah. we're talking about it. I know Agarest, Generations of War is, is, a, is a long one. I mean, I've played some long ones. Like Witcher 3, not a JRPG, but long. Yeah, so 
This is known as two different things, right? So it's called it's called record of agorist war, right? Or agorist generation of war. Two. I believe it first came out on PS2, the first one. I was gonna say I'm ballparking that, but I I or PS3. Want to say it was PS2, PS2, PS3. It was yeah, like it was it was one of those two generations. Uh, but main story. So this is just golden pathing it. Seventy-five and a half hours. Wow. Completionist, one hundred and sixty-eight. So, I mean, although you know you got then you have record of Agress War marriage, and that's only twenty-four and a half hours. So. You know, it just depends. Yeah. But yeah. I I personally I like long games like that, but for the show, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to uh pitch that to the boys. I for real life it's <laughs> kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, if it was like, like I if I didn't have to do for the show and I could just like like yeah. say if the Steam machine didn't exist and I was just playing right. whatever I wanted, then picking one of those games is fine cuz I'll spend the next 2 or 3 months playing it and get it beat but with the show I always have to keep in mind like is this plausibly beatable or can I get far enough that we cover it enough to talk about it you know that's but that's a whole other topic for another time I suppose (laughs) yeah well you know listen short news week we gotta BS a little bit fair enough fair (laughs) enough do you you want to read about Ruin Magus or you want me to I'll read about Ruin Magus Uh, Ruins Magus Complete coming to PlayStation VR 2 on September 19th. It includes the base game and downloadable content, The Warrior and The Tailor. Now, I remember reporting on this when it first came out, and I haven't heard too much about it, but the concept of a VR JRPG sounds so cool to me because that seems like a huge untapped market slash possibility of cool things that you could do. It Dep- depends on if it's open world or not. This looks like it's story driven, but it could be open world. This is the first I'm actually hearing of this series. It looks pretty. Um, but yeah, if you could put on a headset and just enter a completely different world. Yeah, like Sword Art Online, but not get stuck in it. Right? Well, you might get stuck in it if you can't get the headset off. Don't... Uh, <laughs> Don't ra- randomly change the heat in your house so that your head like swells up slightly because you're not getting that darn thing <laughs> off. Uh, Character Bank will release virtual reality RPG Ruins Magus Complete for PlayStation VR 2 on September 19th. The developer announced it includes both the main game and its downloadable content, The Warrior and The Tailor. Uh, here is an overview of the complete edition via PlayStation Store. Let's start a journey to our tomorrow. As a member of the renowned Ruins Magus Guild, your goal is to help strengthen it with magic, resources, and wisdom. As you embark on more than 25 unique story-driven quests, face off against guardians tasked with protecting the ruins from intruders, and solve the deadly puzzles hidden within. When you've succeeded, head to the surface to acquire new items and upgrade your equipment in town. If you want to live another day, that is. Uh, <laughs> And then it goes on to say, again, there's English voiceover. It has the main game and the downloadable content in one bundle. Then it says experience an enhanced level and immersion with updated vibration patterns, new HMD rubble and adaptive trigger support. Thanks to enhanced 3D audio, 
It has never sounded more alive. Now features trophy support, allowing players to showcase their prowess and strive for greatness by unlocking the prestigious Platinum Trophy. And with the in-game camera, it can Magi can effortlessly capture their exciting and action-packed adventures and share them with the world using PlayStation Share. My question is, is there a non-VR version of this? No. This is a really? straight VR game. Wow. So the complete means that it was on VR1. Yeah, it was originally. And VR1 and VR2 aren't cross-compatible. Yeah, so people would have to buy it again if they were wanting to try this. But I've heard that it's a game. huge step between VR1 and 2. And yeah, it's a full game. Yeah, I personally like. I can't even afford a PS5, let alone a PS VR two and a PS5. But I really hope PlayStation Access, which is a YouTube channel that I love, so shout out to PlayStation Access. I really hope that they do a stream of this or something, so I could check yeah. it out because I would love to see Rob in particular. He's he loves JRPGs, or Rosie who also loves JRPGs. One of them, put them in the headset and release them in this and do an hour stream of it or two hour stream. It would be fantastic. So if you're listening, if you're listening, yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get a VR headset. I just VR gives me motion sickness. Yeah, it's so I've been hesitant to actually pick one up. But if I weren't hesitant, I probably would give this a shot. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on the the motion sickness. Some things get me, and some things don't. Yeah, it, it literally all depends on what it is, but most virtual reality content will make my head spin. And I don't know how to fix that, because this is kind of where things are going. It may not get perfected in my lifetime, so I might not even have to worry about it, but there may come a time where I have to put a head something on my head. Yeah, Dramamine, sir. <laughs> you know... Yes, probably, <laughs> which is weird because that means you have to take a pill an hour before you want to play a video game to go play a video game. <laughs> well, when you get older, sir, sometimes you got to take a pill to get things done. <laughs> I thought we were a family show. <laughs> hey, I, I'm talking about ibuprofen before I go to work. I don't know what you're talking about, my good sir. Oh, uh, I was talking about Bayer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clouded Leopard Entertainment has shared a new action introduction video for Ease 10 Nordics. Asian publisher Clouded Leopard Entertainment has shared an action introduction video for Ease 10 Nordics. I love when they make the title of the video the first sentence. Showcasing both battles right. and exploration with cross actions and mana actions. The video can be found below if you would like to check this out. I did retweet this, I do believe. Uh, and it does include English descriptive text. But note that the Asian release of the game itself will not support English. East 10 Nordics is set to release on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch in Japan and Asian territories on September 28th. An international release date has not been yet announced, and this comes in from RPGsite.net. Uh, cross That's... actions... Oh, oh, go ahead. I'll say cross actions... I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll wait to finish. You can control either Adol or Karya during battle. Uh, automatically evade while using dash moves to keep your enemies guessing. And there's a dual mode where you can control them both at the same time. We did cover that last week, the uh, dual mode. The mana actions occur uh, when you automatically evade or discard against a specific enemy. Attacks with a flashy effect. Swing on 
mana strings to reach faraway places, and you can also move objects and flip switches in dungeons, glide across the ground with your Grimble board, cross perilous terrain at exhilarating speeds. Are they giving me a skateboard type thing? Because that is awesome. Charge and release bursts of mana energy and switch between flame and ice attacks depending on the target you face. I'm really upset at that second paragraph that says the Asian release of the game itself will not support English because you could totally have gone on Play Asia, yep. uh-huh. <laughs> got the Asian version, had the English language, and it would have worked in your Switch. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I wonder if they do that uh, on purpose. Um, they probably do, but it's so sad because I would do that because this game sounds so good. I, I call him the ease guru, a uh, happy console gamer on YouTube. Yeah. He's been around for years, dude. Johnny, uh, for one, he's the man. He's such a cool dude. But like, uh, he is such an ease fanatic that when ease nine came out, he ordered the Japanese version for his PlayStation four, got it. Oh, wow. And played through it in Japanese. He doesn't speak Japanese. So he just played through the game and had no idea what was going on and just enjoyed the action. And then when it came out in English, he played through for the story. Wow. It's like, that's how much that dude loves these. Wow. <laughs> Thankfully, I have enough catching up to do that. By the time East 10 does get announced for the West, I'll probably be, I don't know, halfway through three. <laughs> but uh, also speaking of ease, just to knock this out too, uh, there is another trailer that they did release that I did retweet as well, I do believe, um, for that features uh, Adol and Karya and ship battles, combat gameplay, and several other characters found in the action RPG. So there are a couple of new trailers floating around for that game. Uh, and again, it is set to release for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch in Japan, and Asian territories on September 28th. An international release not yet announced. If we're getting this much news content on East 10 here in the West... I wonder what the marketing is where it's actually being released. Like, are they getting commercials? Are there posters on the streets or things like that? Because I almost feel like this game is going to be one of their best games over there. Hmm. I typed in East 10 Japanese marketing, and the first thing that came up is Gamatsu. Oh, (laughs) interesting. I wonder... That's just food for thought, because, like, like we'll get our, I don't know, Marios and our Zeldas and our Pokemons, and we'll get our commercials and our ads and whatever, and it'll get plastered all over the place. But I wonder if they get Ease and Trails and Dragon Quest. I know Dragon Quest is big in Japan. They legit will do national holidays Yeah, they- where you don't have to go into work because you're playing dragon quest yeah they were they were specifically told that they are to release those games either on a like ho- like a holiday thing set up or on a weekend because so right. many people would call into work to play dragon quest and i, I just i love it right. i wish american yeah. culture was like that but here it would be like call of duty oh <laughs> you're right i know <laughs> it sucks <sighs> i mean i've i've used a personal day to play pokemon which we'll probably get into our talking point later, but you know that's one of my biggest games that I'll want to play like immediately when I get the game. Yeah. Others I could typically wait for now, but that one, whenever a new one comes out, I'm there. 
All right, man. You want to talk a little bit about uh, Sword of Convalaria? Sure. So this is a free-to-play pixel art tactical RPG called Sword of Convalaria, and it launches later this year for mobile devices and PC from RPG site. XD Games has announced the free-to-play tactical RPG Sword of Convalaria will launch later this year for mobile devices and PC slash Steam. Versions for PlayStation and Switch are also planned. So they did reveal a teaser trailer, um, and there are some screenshots, and they also released a description that I'll kind of summarize here. Pre-registrations for Sword of Convalaria are now open on mobile devices via the App Store and Google Play. PC players can also keep up to date by adding it to their Steam wish list. Boasting a rich fantasy setting, gorgeous pixel graphics, and tense... Oh, I said graphics terribly there. And tense turn-based battles, Sword of Convalaria offers a fresh take on a beloved genre as your choices shape the game's narrative and determine the fate of characters. Expect console-quality graphics and deep, rewarding strategic gameplay, whether on the go or playing from your desktop. Set on the ancient continent of Rodinia, you arrive in Iria, a small nation rich in magical luxite minerals. Your quest begins as you awaken in a dungeon and escape to Convalaria, a town under threat from Iria's escalating conflicts. As leader of the Sword of Convalaria Mercenary Group, you navigate through various factions and make difficult decisions to pursue peace for Iria. Throughout your journey, you will customize your own mercenary group by recruiting companions, teaching skills, forging equipment, researching technology, and accepting missions from different factions. In combat, strategic gameplay is crucial as you deploy powerful allies and navigate terrain elements that can be used to gain an advantage over enemies. Every battle you fight and every choice you make will shape the destiny of Rodinia. Sword of Convalaria was recently spotlighted by JRPG veteran Yasumi Matsuno, best known for directing and producing all-time classics such as Final Fantasy Tactics and Ogre Tactics. In an interview between Matsuno and Leguo, the developer of Sword of Convalaria, Guo shared some fascinating insights about the upcoming game. Born out of his love for the genre and retro-style pixel art, Sword of Convalaria's already features 300 maps and 1,000 stages with multiple endings for players to unlock, based on the choices you make. Guo's inspirations go far beyond his favorite video games, with elements of the story echoing dramatic moments in history. As for the name itself, Sword of Convalaria was chosen because it evokes the beauty and transience of peace, as well as the weapons used to protect it. So, here's my first question. This sounds mm -hmm. really cool. But it's a free-to-play game. Mm, gotcha. So, get it? Gotcha. Yeah, I got. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. <think> one of... <laughs> couldn't, um, re couldn't resist. But yeah, how are they going to make their money? Is it going to have a gotcha system? Is it going to have an energy system? Like, I'm looking at the screenshots now, and they don't really give a lot of clues. They give the amount what turn it is in the battle. Um. They actually carefully avoid any. I'm willing to bet in-app purchase 
I'm going to think that this is probably a gotcha game. Yeah. It uses the exact same element system as Fire Emblem. Does it? From for yeah, I just flipped through a sp- screenshot and I just saw the exact same triangle um red, green and blue. The the weapons are different, but it's the same thing. Red is strong against green, green is strong against blue, and then light is strong against dark. Okay, and as I'm looking through these screenshots, it definitely, I bet party members are going to be like drawn from a portal or something. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. So, I mean, it could be cool, though, because I do like the art style. So it has potential. So we'll uh, we'll see how that ends up coming out. And it has potential. Um, That's a lot of potential. Jeez. Why does this look good? (laughs) It does. It just... It looks like they it really does have that Final Fantasy Tactics art style. Like just the avatars, the way they look on screen and then the way their portraits look. This definitely has some potential. Hopefully it'll be accessible. Like you could still play without money, but you won't get certain characters. Yeah, that's what I'm th- I mean like I I if they go the Genshin route, I would find that ex- uh, acceptable. Because I, I I do appreciate, and I think we talked about this last episode that we did. Genshin gives you the opportunity to earn the currency that you use. Now it takes a while, but you can absolutely right. earn the stuff to get new characters instead of just dropping money. So right. I like having the option. And you can get through the majority of that game with just what they give you. Yeah, it's more so like, do you want cute characters or cool-looking characters, things like that? Oh, you, if you really like the look of this character, you got to draw for him. Right? But, that happened to me, too, last time I played Genshin. There was a really cool character, and then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not getting her at the end of the storyline, am I? And sure enough, she went back to wherever she was supposed to go. And yeah, Boo. Didn't, no. <laughs> um, and there wasn't even a, an option to pull her. Oh man, so she was just she was just literally an NPC that you just really liked. Yeah. But she might just be one of those ones where like you end up drawing her as a three star and you just pump her up. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I'm not at a point in that game where I can draw anything. I should install a Kenshin and play some. Yeah, we keep talking about it. I should probably play it too. <laughs> Maybe that could be a game that me and you like hop in and play together every now and then. That could be a that could be a Sunday special. We could do a little uh, commentary on Genshin. Yeah, like how, how it plays now as opposed to where it, when it did when I first started and you first started and stuff. It would be cool. Yeah, um, that's a thought. So, if you're if you're listening and you like that idea, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Uh, so this last one, so this is a opinion piece that I'm going to read, um, and then we're going to kind of give our opinions on it as well. Uh, this is from thegamer.com, written by Ben Sledge. Cool last name, sir. Um. And it's titled, I'm struggling to care about Pokemon anymore. And my my immediate reaction to that is, is it because you've grown up? Because sometimes that happens. Like, I know people who just kind of like, they don't like Pokemon anymore. Well, I digress. Let's continue. So, <clears throat> so from the rest of this, is there's going to be a lot of eyes, but this is from the perspective of Mr. Sledge, which is what I'm going to refer to him from now on, Mr. Sledge. Name just oozes greatness. Right? It's great, dude. <laughs> the second game Ooze I ever owned. Sledge. Oh, go ahead. What? Ooze Sledge. Oh, gotcha. 
Sorry. Uh, here comes Re- Dead Rita jokes Repulsa. come out every now and again. Uh, the second game I ever owned was Pokemon Silver. I won a Game Boy Advance that came with Super Mario Advance 2, and I trotted down to Birkenhead Market to double my collection with a handful of silvers in my pocket. I knew all of my friends were playing Pokemon, so I selected the one that I could afford, a second-hand copy of Silver. I played it until the clock ran out. That's 999 hours and 59 minutes of sweet Pokemon action with my trusty Typhlosion, who I called Pokemon Pink for some reason. Uh, But my side for it all... Or no, by my side for it all. I don't even know what I did for all that time, but I certainly didn't complete the Pokedex because all my friends had long since moved on to Ruby and refused to dig out an old game for an old console in order to trade me Growl with and Mankey. Find new friends, sir. Eventually, mm. I got Sapphire and put a similar amount of time into that. I played the game to absolute completion, raised all my Pokemon to level 100 for no apparent reason. Rayquaza single-handedly defeated the League and Experience Share brought the rest along for the ride. Knocked out Deoxys, Door or knocked on Deoxys' door every day to check if the spaceship was leaving and completed my first Dex. I haven't played a Pokemon game like this since. I've gone back and played Gen 1, the Gen 1 remake, the other Gen 1 remake, the Gen 2 remake, then powered through the rest of the games in pretty much release order. But recently I found myself wearying of the series. I'm a man whose childhood was poured into these games. I have multiple Pokemon tattoos. But the trailer for Scarlet and Violet DLC, the Teal Mask, and the Indigo Disc just didn't interest me at all. Has the nostalgia simply waned, or is Pokemon doing something wrong? For what it's worth, I think the DLC itself looks alright. It's a clever idea to introduce new biomes on a weird island and and under the sea. There's more Pokemon to catch, which is always nice. And the story, or and more story content is the best hook that any Scarlet and Violet add-on could have, thanks to the strides forward in the base game took in that department. Game Freak has been clever to make these new areas appear as free and open as the rest of Paldea. And if you like the base game, I'm sure you'll like this. That's the problem, though. The base game was bad. Really bad. I was charitable to it at release due to Arvin's heartwarming story, the fun characters like Larry, and the impressive scope of the ideas. But Scarlet and Violet didn't work. The frame rate chugged along at what felt like 10 frames a second. The monsters popped in meters from your character, and those environment textures shouldn't have been given a free pass in any game, let alone one from a multi-billion dollar company. The only percolating, or the only thought percolating through my head was, as I played, playing through this at the end game, was imagine if this looked good. Area Zero is a great idea with the right amount of narrative importance, but it just looks bad. Those crystalline structures could have been saved with a unique art style or some basic direction. But Scarlet and Violet wasn't afforded the time to do anything interesting with its good ideas. That's why I'm being uncharitable towards the Teal Mask and the Indigo Disc. They look like perfectly serviceable pieces of DLC, giving us more outfits, new Pokemon, and new stories. But I don't want more of the same Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I want something good. This is the first Pokemon game in generations in which I haven't completed the Pokedex purely because I have no interest in returning to Paldea's broken continent after I finished the story. Pokemon is too big for its own good. It's a global franchise now. It has to meet strict deadlines in order to release new games in time for plushies and the trading card game sets and events and movies. I never thought I'd say this as a child eagerly awaiting Gen 4 to hit the shelves, but Pokemon games release too frequently these days. There are too many of them, and the lack of time and care put into their creations means we end up with a substandard title that disappoints us all. Is it fixable? I'd love for Pokemon to do a Zelda and spend five years working on the next installment, and for it to be a mind-blowing, genre-defining title that we'd play hundreds and hundreds of hours 
and talk about in revered tones. But it won't happen. New Pokemon games sell millions and millions of copies despite their numerous flaws, so why would Game Freak slow down production? It has no incentive to do so. Unfortunately for players, that means we'll have to get used to Scarlet and Violet levels of quality for years to come. Quite, so let's unpack here. Quite the rant by Mr. Sledge. I mean, he has some valid points. Scarlet and Violet was a technological disaster. Not to say it was a bad game, but up until recent updates, you could tell that it was barely struggling to hang on. I think he over-exaggerates a little bit when he says 10 frames per second. I think people today get caught up on frame rate, whereas we didn't do that in the past because frame rate is a term that's just being thrown around. I mean, obviously, there's merit to it. Yeah. Most games run at 60 frames per second, but you can get away with games running at 30 frames per second because of how the eye perceives motion and all that. Oh, dude, I... And really... I, go ahead. I was going to say, I used to play uh, World of Warcraft on my old laptop, and it ran at like 16, 17 frames a second. With it. And you probably didn't and, really notice it that much. I mean, it was noticeable, but it didn't ruin the experience for me. It was just like things ran a little slow when when right. stuff got heavy. You know, so right. it was what it was. You know, if I was going into a town, I knew it was going to chug for a little bit. It's fine. It is what it is. And we didn't call it frames per second back then. We just called it lag. Lag. Yeah, I'm just I'm lagging. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, it's lagging a little bit here. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on here. It's lagging. And we accepted it. But now that we actually have a number assigned to it, that becomes a problem when we don't hit that number. And I can understand, like, for people who spend a lot of money on TVs that have an advertised 120 hertz refresh rate and all that. But this is the switch. That was it's, It came out in 2016. It's running on a Tegra chip that was old in 2016. And Game Freak is not the multi-million dollar company that everybody thinks it is. Game Freak is a fraction of a whole conglomerate of companies that form the Pokemon Company International. Yeah. And so they have an A team and a B team. And so the A team is usually working on whatever the next generation of game is. And it's not like in development for only two years. It's in development for much longer, just the way that they structure their teams. One team is working on a main game. One team is working on like spinoffs and stuff like that. And they alternate which one is working on which. So you probably have like the next generation of games already a couple of years into development, but they don't have the people and the manpower that everyone thinks they do yeah they're not ea or they're not like this i mean game freak is is a big company but they're not yeah like you said they're not the whole pokemon company it's not like right the pokemon company's like we're making a video game no they're they're like telling their little cousin yo make this game for us so we can make more millions of dollars and we'll give you a cut of it right that's exactly what it is and nintendo's the one that has the money and they're stingy about spending it so they're more than likely not gonna send resources i think they finally got to a point where they realized how big this franchise is and i know a different developer named ilka did uh i lost it 
um, really Diamond Shining Pearl. That was it. The, the Gen 4 remakes. And the Gen 4 remakes were universally destroyed. Yeah, panned. I know Nate didn't like it at all. Yeah, I it was it's fine for what it is, but if you go in understanding that it's a DS game with a fresh coat of paint, then you're going to be fine. But it also did a lot of things wrong that like remakes in the past have done right, like being able to have new Pokémon in them and having extra features. And unfortunately, they didn't do that. They didn't add any of the new Pokemon. It was just the 493. I can't believe I know that by heart. 493 <laughs> that you had available at the time. It's a worse game than Platinum. And if they had taken all the Platinum stuff at the very least and put that in, it probably would have been better. But you want to know like what my favorite Pokemon game is? Other, other than that? gold, because I have a nostalgia love for gold. Well, gold is, yeah, it's the gold I agree standard. with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> it is the gold standard. I actually have an original copy of gold just for that reason. Yeah, I have one around here somewhere as well. Um, but yeah. my favorite Pokemon game was ROM hack, dude. Light Platinum was what it was called. It was I've heard so of it. good. It was so good. And it was a ROM hack. Somebody just took and made that. You know, um, right. I, I played through Pokemon Uranium, which was made with Pokemon Essentials in RPG Maker. It's PC only. Fantastic right. game. But it's because these people who do this writing and stuff, they're not afraid to push it a little because they're not right. releasing to this worldwide kid audience. People who know about ROM hacks are typically not going to be like an 11 year old or an eight year old that's going to be playing your normal Pokemon. Do you know what I mean? So. They're probably people like this guy who grew up and has mm -hmm. nostalgia for the older games and the newer games are trying to capture a younger audience that has different expectations of what a video game needs to be in order to hook you in. And so I don't think the the newer games are capturing this particular person's nostalgia. And I think the tech issues just added to that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the tech issue, you know, like you said, the Switch is getting up there, man. The Switch is like, the Switch came out around the PS4, and we're already into PS5s, and we're still rocking the Switch. Right. Like, now, there are rumblings that they're going to be re uh, revealing some sort of new console within the next year or two or whatever. But, like, man, you know, I want to see Nintendo come out with something that's powerful, you know, like for, and they for what it was, for what it was, the GameCube was relatively powerful. Like, not that it was going to be pushing what the Xbox and the PlayStation were, but for a Nintendo system, like some of the GameCube games, they look real good. And that was a system where you could find games on GameCube and PS2, and I also believe Xbox at the time. Yeah, and sometimes the GameCube had the best version. Correct. Like Sonic Adventure 2 on the GameCube was gorgeous compared to the Dreamcast version. But these days, like like I can compare Ease 8. I've played it on the Switch and I played it on my PC. Dude, it runs loads better on my PC. Yeah. And now granted, you know, my, my PC, but I, I can't even say that anymore. I think a PS5 is better, it like, is like technically better than my, what my PC can do. 
you know. But but let's also sorry. Continue. Oh no no that was that was that was it. I was just gonna trail off. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. No that I just want to bring up the fact that you can emulate Switch on a good PC. Yeah. You can emulate Switch on the Steam Deck, and there are people out there, and I'm not endorsing uh, piracy or anything like that. But there are people out there that used less than legitimate means to find a copy of, say, Tears of the Kingdom mm-hmm. and play it on their Steam Deck. That's how old that Tegra chip is. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I remember when the I won't name the emulators just to keep it, you know, uh, somewhat. Keep keep the ninjas away. Yeah. Keep the ninjas away. Uh I remember when those emulators were new, and man, they really struggled. And then the last time I fired one up and loaded up a game just to see what it was, you know, what, how it was these days, dude, it ran like butter. Right. And I'm like, what is this? This is ridiculous, dude. Because I remember loading up Beast Ness on a gateway in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> what What amazes me, though, is like, it can, PC can emulate Switch no problem if your PC is strong enough, right? Because emulation inherently, for some reason, you need a strong PC for it. Once you get to a certain point, once you get to a certain point, absolutely. Like there, there are some PS3 games that struggle to emulate on my PC, but, but the oh hold on, where was I going with that? Yeah, that happens. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It <laughs> happened to me too. It's like, but but the but emulation like. The fact that they can't, like, they still don't have accurate emulation for Xbox or Xbox 360 games, but you can emulate the Switch like butter. That doesn't make any sense to me either. What if I told you that Xbox and Xbox 360 emulation was getting better? Is it? Because last time I checked in on it, it was just rough, but, like, it's been a year or two. I think you can get a good portion of regular Xbox running on the Steam Deck. If you get something with a little bit more beef to it, you can get some 360 games to run. You're not getting the whole library. Yeah. But I just watched a guy uh, review a Windows handheld with a 7800U Ryzen chip in it. And he was playing the original Forza Horizon on an emulator and it was running full 60 frames per second that's tremendous dude there's like just like there's only like a handful of xbox games i want to go back and play like fable like well i have fable on steam but amped oh okay 2 it was a snowboarding game oh yeah i heard about that it's only for xbox you can't get that anymore only for xbox and it was so fun because you could snowboard but you also had a snow skateboard and it was a skateboard with a ski on the bottom of it and you could like be riding okay and like kick flip and it was so cool all right, that's pretty awesome. Right? <laughs> and they haven't done anything like that. Like, I got uh, Steep the other day, and it doesn't have yeah. anything like that. I'm like, come on, man. But, no. but like, I don't know. I just think Pokemon, here's, here's what my pitch has been forever. Pokemon needs to start releasing on other consoles. Not, mm. maybe not the main series. So, like, wasn't it, wasn't it like PS2 that they put out, like, Gale of Darkness? Or was that GameCube? That was GameCube. Okay, so that's still Nintendo then. Okay, so never mind. But like, but they dipped their their toe into console stuff back then, when most of their stuff was normally handheld. So like, why right. not take and do your normal Pokemon releases on Nintendo systems? 
But your games like Legend Arceus and things like that, give that to another team. Let them spend three to four years, five years working on these games and then just release them. And it'd be like, okay, well, here's the Switch 3 version. But then here's also the PS the PS7 version and the Xbox 1080 or whatever or whatever they're up to then. It might, it might be I mean, the, the Xbox One Two. Capcom did it. Yeah, they were portable for a very long time, and they were strictly Nintendo for a very long time. They had that brief stint with Stony when the when the PSP was a a thing. And then they went crawling back to Nintendo because the 3DS was such a massive hit in Japan. Yeah. That you could like just walk to work and you would just get street passes. And so they released three Monster Hunter games on the 3DS and they were they were good games, don't get me wrong. But then they finally decided to go console with it. Monster Hunter World comes out people start saying, well, nobody's going to play it because it's a console game. And then everybody played it and it changed the formula. It completely redefined how Monster Hunter went forward. Yeah. And even if you were to play Monster Hunter Rise, which is, has a Switch release, which still runs beautifully. But if you were to play it on Steam or on PC, you can kick that up to 4K. Yeah, which you can't do on the Switch. Which you can't do on the Switch. The Switch, you're getting 30 frames per second, and, and somehow they managed to work their magic. So, yeah, I think it's a matter... I, I I don't know if I agree with you in the sense that it needs to come out to other systems, because Nintendo's never going to give up their cash cow. Fair. But they definitely need to start coming out with more powerful hardware. Yeah. Oh, And, too, think about, think about some of the other games that have come out for the Switch that shouldn't run as buttery smooth as they do. Right. But they do. Like right. Bayonetta 3. I heard that game runs like nothing. And Witcher 3. And the yeah, the Witcher 3. How they fit the Witcher 3 on a cart blows my that mind. That game has no business being on the Switch. And CD Projekt Red figure, figured it out. Yeah, it's insane, dude. And, but then Pokemon struggles like so, in a sense, I can understand where this guy's coming from. Yeah. But at the same time, I agree with you, where it's like, Nintendo needs to step their hardware up. Yeah. And I, I do think Game Freak needs some fresh blood. Yeah. I think it's the same people, the same developers. I think they're just now starting to hand things off to a younger guard, because Pokemon Sword and Shield were directed by a younger guy. And those are phenomenal. And they looked good. Yeah. They were beautiful. But then I think Masuda, and forgive me if my facts are wrong, took on Scarlet and Violet as a result. And look where we are. Yeah. Also, we have to point out the fact that like people have been begging for an open world Pokemon game for a very long time. And we finally get it and they hate it. So maybe we need to be capturing the nostalgia from the older group again. Yeah. Maybe we need to go back to the tried and true Pokemon. Because Sword and Shield was tried and true. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was not. And people hated it. So, I don't know. I don't know where the series needs to go. I think it does need to, you know, no pun intended, evolve. 
but I don't know what the best direction for that would be because I don't think you're going to have a happy group no matter what. There are so many children and adults who just adore this series and they want certain things out of it. And when they don't get their certain things, they get audible. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just preach from the mountaintop on the internet. And that that's the voice that we hear. We don't hear the voice of the other millions of people who are satisfied. You know, but like, think about, think about the Digimon games, you know, like they're not all the same. The Digimon game will come out and it'll be like Digimon World back in the day and then the next one will come out and it'll be like a visual novel with survival elements and then and then another one comes out and it's you're a cyber sleuth and and things like you know there's like there's always these different little things they go but the, the, the main core is the same you have your Digimon you you digivolve your Digimon and all that so like Pokemon could very easily try to do other like again Legend Arceus was great Right. I never played Gale of Darkness, but that was something different. Right. Know? And then you got like Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap, these things. Think about, think about, and I think we talked about this again. And like they have the means to do this. Pokemon Stadium, not even the ones on the online. If they came out with a Pokemon Stadium 3 and had all of the Pokemon in it, where you could build your teams and stuff. But then also, if they do that, have some way to link up Pokemon Home with it, or whatever they're calling it now, so you can transfer in your people from these games that you played. Like, there's got to be a way that they could do that. But And even if they decide that they don't want to go that route because the games are 3D enough that they feel like it could stand on their own, why can't you take your Pokemon, make them look gorgeous just make them look beautiful eliminate the story because you already had that in the previous game yeah and do pokemon stadium 3 that way and make it just like a competition thing right and then use that for your competitive scene use that for worlds or whatever uh vgc whatever they have use that and now you're not getting bogged down with a game that has so many issues because now you have a core battling game that only has that one focus and has the beauty and the graphics that people may want. Yeah. And then you can take the normal games and make them more story focused because the people who are just hammering through those to get to the competitive scene will have their competitive game separately. Right. And it's like, now if they want to play these games and then transfer their team over to Stadium or whatever, fine. That's fine. Whatever. Right. But you can focus more on, you know, make it a little longer in the story, flesh it out, but more side quests, different things that you can do and update your... uh, Man, I almost just said a bad word. Update your play, like your NPC animations and things. Like, make them move around a little more. Um... I get that Pokemon's always going for a certain art style, so I'm not necessarily saying change the art style. But you could pretty it up, for sure. Yeah. I also, you wonder if this has just gotten so big 
that you're just going to lose people with the art direction you're going in. Like you're going to lose your older crowd. And I don't know if it's a matter of them growing up. Maybe some people do grow up and grow out of Pokemon. But I think it's also a matter of... I lost my train of thought. I seriously just lost it. That's terrible. I'm (laughs) I'm a horrible person. How did I start my sentence? It's it's like... People people can like... um, Yeah, I don't know. It's gone. Oh, I lost it. (laughs) I'm going to listen to this back and be like, I know what I was trying to get across. (laughs) Oh, that's frustrating. I'm sorry, everyone. But like people, people who are going to complain about art styles and things like that, like I think say Pokemon were to like come out with a pixel based game again. Right. That's going to alienate right down the middle. Because all the older fans are going to be like, sweet. And all the newer fans are going to be like, well, why does this look like this? So my recommendation to those people usually is check out Pokemon-like games. Like, go on Steam, check out Nexamon or Nexamon Extinction, or check out Coromon. Um, Monster Sanctuary. Monster Sanctuary, yeah. And I was looking into Nexamon the other day because I have Nexamon and Nexamon Extinction, which is Nexamon and Nexamon 2. And you talk very highly about those games. They're so good, and they're hilarious. That's the main yeah. point, is that those games are really funny. Um, a little more adult, without being risque adult. You know what I mean? It's just more adult jokes gotcha. and things. But I saw a trailer. Nexamon 3 is coming out, or is in Ooh. development. And it's okay. 3D. Okay. And I'm like, Ooh, and I'm looking at clips and stuff of it, and I'm like, man, this looks really pretty. So Nexamon 3... Maybe that game that comes out and it's like this is what Pokemon could look like if it was on PC and beautiful, you know. So I think Temtem tried to do that a little bit, but it didn't work out. I bought Temtem the other day for eight dollars on a key site, and nice. I loaded it up and I picked my first Temtem, and that's all I've done so far. But it, yeah, I tried. It seems interesting, but I don't think it would hold yeah. me. Yeah, it it's probably not going to. If you're if if you're Taste in monster games or anything like mine, I don't know if it's going to hold you. Yeah. Um, I remembered my thought, though. Okay, go ahead. So there are a bunch of students in my school that will just go online and they'll boot up Pokemon Showdown. And Pokemon Showdown is 2D. It's browser-based. And it's just you make a team and you battle and it's got every single mon on there. It's got every single mechanic on there from all the games. So you could do Gigantamax, you could do Terra, you could do Mega Evolution. And whoever developed that, I'm surprised it hasn't been DMCA'd. Whoever developed that even put in sprites for all the new characters. They're all 2D sprites. Yeah. Like we talked about with the ROM hacks. And so there is a market for people who just want to battle. Who don't want all the nonsense. And I unfortunately don't think Nintendo or, or Game Freak are going to capitalize on that market. I don't think we'll ever see a Pokemon Stadium 3. And that's sad because I think we need a, a Stadium 3. Yeah, I, I agree. And they've got that one game, Pokemon... Is it Pokemon Unite? That's like a yeah MOBA almost. It is. I haven't played it. It doesn't look like it's my style It doesn't game. seem like my kind of thing, you know. And I know they got Pokemon yeah. Go and Pokemon Sleep and all these different things and it's like man you guys are marketing pokemon so much that i feel like you've forgotten the core of it you know but 
at the same time, when you're making that kind of money, dude, you probably just want to keep it coming. Right. <laughs> and that's why I think people are complaining because they feel that the core audience is getting shortchanged because they need to keep pumping them out. But I don't know that the core audience really understands how game development works either. And that it's not just like a year development cycle. I think it's more than that. Yeah. They pre-plan enough in advance so that way they can, they can maintain their schedule. And I can't even imagine the amount of collaboration that you have to have to combine your anime with your game with your trading card expansion like that's just a lot of moving parts you're telling me dude like i can't even fathom it's like okay we need to start working on this game in 2023 because the anime is being inked right now so that'll be ready or inked like it's the 70s but you know, Designed, you know what i mean whatever yeah, it's, 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 yeah so that's you know that's going and then it's like and the cre- and the so that's going to start in 2024 so we're going to have a year of game time development before that so we're going to need you to be done within five years because the anime is going to be done within three and a half so we'll release that that's going to hype up the release for the new game and then the cards will be printed by the, and then by then my head is just spinning right and i'm like what now can i get a calendar with all this written down please <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously like, that's so... Will Pokemon ever be what uh, Mr. Sledge wants it to be? Probably not, because he's remembering a time when it wasn't that big. Yeah. And and a lot and, less went into game development back then. Uh, true. So, now you have to... And before, we were kids. We were all We were all just kids. Like the older audience really didn't get into this. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, like YouTubers that I watch about like PC gaming and stuff. And when people bring up Pokemon, they're like, eh, "That was that was after me. It didn't appeal to me." Right. So now you're appealing to kids and adults because you have the adults that played the originals when they were kids who now want to get their kids into it. And then you have those kids. Yeah. And that's what I always try to remind myself. I think I've talked about this on Steam Machine and Yab's Pod, where it's like, yeah. Pokemon at its core is a kid's game. Right. It is a game for kids. If you want something adjacent to Pokemon, but more adult, might I recommend Persona or like a game like that? Because it's a, you just need to look for a monster catching game or monster razor, however you want to call it. Right. But Pokemon is for kids. Like right. there's a reason that like the Pokemon anime is like Y twelve or you know, Y yeah. eight, whatever it is. Um that's why I was very surprised when that one Digimon season came out that was supposed to be for older kids, and I was like, Really? Because all of those games, all those, all that stuff's for it's for kids, man. But we and even go ahead, I, was say, I was gonna say I I, mean, I can speak for myself at least. I still like it. For nostalgia purposes, and because like I grew up again, it's all nostalgia. I grew up with it, so, so I have this connection to it. But if somebody my right. age who never played those games went back and tried to play them now, they probably be like this is this is kitty, right? It's like yeah, it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's supposed to be, and they don't have to make the mechanics difficult. They choose to. 
That's that's a choice that they make. They don't have to have effort values and all that and all the all the craziness with natures and min maxing and all that. The kids don't need that because they're just going through the story. Yeah, that's for adults. Yeah, they reworked that whole system for grownups. They have Pokemon worlds for grownups. The winners and the prizes are for grownups. I have not yet seen a 12-year-old go up on stage and win a Pokemon tournament. Would be impressive. They're not allowed to because it's 18 plus. So why are you marketing a game towards kids, but your tournaments are for grownups? Yeah. Makes zero sense. So I can see them. They're appealing to both. They're not going to capture that same magic that they captured when we were little because they were only marketing towards kids. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. And so, and so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I hope, I hope the listeners liked our little, uh, kind of, I, I don't or know. What, what do we call it? Talk, <laughs> talking points. Yeah, yeah. Talking point section or, or, uh, what, what is it they do on like CNN or, or, or the news things where they just kind of like go off into opinion pieces or they just start talking uh, about stuff that's happening? Like a monologue? Uh, no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it a monologue. But remember, they like they pull something in and they just ask them questions or stuff like that. Or they have like a couple of shows that they're like just five people that are just like talking about the news and complaining. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I always called that a talking head segment. So I guess it could just be our talking heads. Hey, segment. we're talking heads. Yeah, we're, we're talking heads. Look at that. <laughs> there we go. That, we could call it, that could be the name of our, that could be the name of this segment. <laughs> the talking head segment. The talking heads. Um, so I guess that, that pretty much just leads. Well, actually, first and foremost, um, if you have any, uh, input on this, get hit us up on socials, um, or on discord. Um, I would like to know, if if you were a Pokemon fan, when did you become a Pokemon fan? And if you're no longer a Pokemon fan, what made you not be a Pokemon fan anymore? Hit us up at any of these links right here at the house cleaning uh, and let us know. Uh, Facebook.com slash JRPG report. Uh, over on Twitter, you can find us at JRPG report. Um, and if you would like to join the Patreon, which would mean a lot, it helps me pay my insurance it really does, and I appreciate it. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash JRPG report. A uh, dollar a month gets you access to the Discord and gets your name read on each and every episode. Uh, like these wonderful people, Jake, W, Jordan K, Kularian, and Master Loot. Thank you very, very much. We do appreciate you. Um, and I was doing Let's Plays on there for a little bit. Uh, I was doing Final Fantasy VI, but like, uh, for... It, it, for fear of, actually, you know, it doesn't matter. I know I'm going to get flamed for this. Final Fantasy VI is too depressing. Like, I was playing it, and I'm like, it just kept being like sad thing after sad thing after sad thing. And it might have been the place I was at in life, but I did not need that. <laughs> so I, I stopped. I would like to start up the Let's Plays again. It's just finding time. But next time I do it, I'll probably be a game that's a little happier, like Rhapsody, a musical adventure or something, like something a little more. uh, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Uh, But like, you know, just something a little more lighthearted in the JRPG realm that I can sink my teeth into. But all of that can be found. Ease. 
or ease. Yeah, ease is not a bad ease, idea. Ease is, ease is very lighthearted. Dragon Quest could be too. Dragon Quest can be. Uh, Patreon.com slash JRPG report. Um, and if you'd like, check out the Steam Machine podcast, the bi-weekly podcast that me and my friends Nate and Willie go through our backlog and play through all of the games that we have on Steam. Right now, we are playing through Trails in the Sky, second chapter, The Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter. And uh, that'll be coming out this coming week sometime. Uh, it'll be me and Nate on there talking. Willie is taking a hiatus for that one, but definitely come and check it out. Give it some listens. If you like the show, stick around. We do talk about JRPGs relatively often because three of us on the show, we love ourselves some JRPGs. I also want to plug Yav's Pod, yet another BS podcast me and my buddy Jeremy do. It is the complete opposite of this show. So if you want a non-family friendly show to listen to and maybe giggle uh, a bit, check us out over there, yet another BS podcast. And that just leaves uh, you, my good sir, Mikhailov. Plug your stuff, uh, my good sir. Team Retrogue everywhere. Uh, Twitter slash X. Um, YouTube. You can now find me writing articles for the new Retro Handhelds website, retrohandhelds.gg. And you could find me in the Steam Machine Discord and the Retro Handhelds Discord. And if you either head to YouTube or Twitter, you can find links to all of that stuff right in my bio and in my pinned stuff and video descriptions and all that. And speaking of the Steam Machine Discord, I'll throw that out there too. If you want to join the Steam Machine Discord, that one's free. Uh, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. If you want to hear more JRPG games get covered on there, come in, throw your votes down on the, the fan votes. I typically, I do randomize them, but sometimes I will go to different sections of the list that I have and randomize from each one so there's at least a variety on there. So if you see a JRPG, JRPG on there, you guys could flood in and vote it in, and then we then we have to play more JRPGs. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be so upset. <laughs> I mean, you have to play Duke Nukem right now, don't you? Yeah, we do have to play Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem Forever. Listen, I know it's not a JRPG, but I, I have to brag that there were two people in the Discord, uh, Dane and Master Loot, because Master Loot listens to this show, and they campaigned hard. Duke Nukem was not winning. I didn't have any votes, I don't think. Maybe just a couple. They campaigned so hard for Duke Nukem that it is now overwhelmingly winning that poll. Like, I don't even think fear is close to it anymore. And I am just so happy to see it because the show's been going on for a while now. I think we've I think I'm at like three years doing Steam Machine. Two years, three years, somewhere around in there. And man. This has been the most interaction I've seen on a poll was this. So like I just want, I want to see more of it. I want to see people going in camp campaigning for what they want to win, plotting their sides to it because see I me as being a host, I don't want to try to influence the fan vote. That's the one I want to leave up to you guys. Um I you know fan vote sounds weird to me. Listener vote. The listener vote. Um I want to leave that up to you guys. I don't want to influence because I used to vote on it. And now if there's a tiebreaker that's needed or something, we'll, the boys, me and the boys will go in and vote and break a tie or we'll here recently. I'm like, listen, if y'all let this tie, we're playing whichever one has no votes. So no ties. <laughs> it's like, 
Okay, so say Duke Nukem and Fear Tide. All right, we're playing Max Payne. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just for an example, it's like, see, y'all, y'all can't make decisions. We'll make a decision for you. But in being like that, you notice there's never a tie. <laughs> there's never a tie. <laughs> there's never a tie. So I don't know. It's fun over there too. Come check us out, man. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on, my good sir? Uh, if you sign up for the JRPG Report Patreon, you can also find me in there talking about toddler shows with Kular. Yeah. And it's just come in to watch this these in these screenshots and stuff that Kularian's been posting of this uh, behind-the-scenes game thing he's working on that I, I again, don't want to mention yet because I haven't cleared it with him, but it looks super cool. And if you join the Discord, you'll know what I'm talking about. So uh, patreon.com slash JRPG report, toss us a dollar and come find out what the mystery is. It could even be a boat. And just come hang out with us. We're cool people. Yeah, that too, man. We don't bite. Come hang out with Jake, Jordan, Kularian, myself, and Mikhailov. I think Master Loot's in there. He's just quiet. You find Master Loot over in the Steam Machine podcast Discord. He's pretty active he's, over there. He's louder in there. <laughs> For sure. Well, on that note then, Check out all of that. You should go check out Team Retro on YouTube. And uh, you know what? Just have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Excuse me. Enjoy the Sunday special. And as always, everybody, do me the biggest favor. Get back out there and level up. <laughs>